Welcome to the History Podcast. I know it's been a while. This is number 35. Thanks for checking us out on iTunes and Stitcher. I am Mr. Jackson. With me is Mr. Leak, and those are not our real names. Please check the website, thehistorypodcast.blog.com, iTunes, Stitcher. Check out our friend's site, generationnation.com. I know Mr. Lincoln's been doing a lot of writing for that. I try to do some on occasion, but it just hasn't happened right now. So today I will be driving our Social Studies podcast since it has been a while since we've done our last podcast. What's going on, Mr. Lincoln? Oh, not a whole lot. Uh, we survived the snow Armageddon, snowmageddon, snow apocalypse, or at least I assume you did. You're speaking to me. Uh, yeah, I stayed inside. I knew, well, I'm one of the, I knew what was going to happen before it happened, so I stayed away. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, I broke out. I, I was, what I was most worried about was my little hometown here. They're so ill-prepared that I thought, man, this place, if it's as bad, if it's half as bad. It's going to just be terrible. And apparently it was. I left. I said, I'm getting the heck out of here. And it was so bad, apparently, that Walmart closed. <laughs> Walmart closed. Now, so, go back to an older podcast we did. Were there any um, Waffle Houses open? Because I know the Waffle <laughs> You know, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see the Waffle House on the way out of town. And where I went didn't have a Waffle House. But uh, actually... Yes, uh, I saw the one in Roanoke, and it was open. So it could not have been too bad of a natural disaster. I'm pretty sure the one here was – I bet it was open because the food line was open. So if food line's open, then the Waffle House is going to be open. That's true. That's true. That's kind of the same uh, the same clientele. Yeah. Well, so, you guys yeah, know. that's true. Right, I hadn't thought, of, so I had thought about the Waffle House. About, probably the hottest – not sexually, but I guess if, you know, I'm, I'm – <laughs> Enough in my sexuality to say, yeah, probably the hottest sexually, too. Actor in the game today, Matthew McConaughey. I know you and I have talked about him before. Maybe not on the show. But this guy has, and you've read the articles probably about how he's had this career resurgence, which is really rare, especially if you, you take F. Scott Fitzgerald's line that there's no second acts in American life. This guy is kind of... I don't know how to rebirth a renaissance or what they're calling the McConaissance of Matthew McConaughey. What all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. That one, those are his lines exactly when he that's... won the award at, and that's pretty good. Like, even for a Tennessee guy to drop that Texas accent. Oh, yeah, man. Gonna <laughs> get down here and get a little dirty. Yeah, I, I, I have been, I have to say this, I have to admit this before you get started. I have been accused in the past of having a, a man crush on Matthew McConaughey. Uh, because it, it like it seemed like some of my favorite movies at a time he all he was in them, and so I got accused of that a couple of times. But you know, I mean, he's made some good. A Time to Kill is probably my one of my favorite of all time movies, and so you know. Anyway, go ahead, yeah. McConaughey's. Well, so let's do that because I know a lot of the articles have talked about his comeback, and and there I believe there's a People magazine uh, right. <laughs> I don't I actually. I don't think it made People Magazine. It was like People Magazine the blog, but it's really <laughs> interesting. They did their. They, they There's been a lot of different write-ups on the McConaughey's, but a lot of them are just kind of focusing on the present. They haven't walked you through his history, and that's what I want to do because that's what oh, yeah. we do here at the history podcast. We try to get as much history into it, so we're going to walk you through the history of the McConaughey's. But what they did was really interesting, where they took his the McConaughey's and his rebirth 
through movie posters. And they documented all of, you know, his good times and then kind of the down period where he was doing a lot of uh, romantic comedies. And then they documented his new, more dramatic roles. And one of the things they noticed at first, like he was just kind of, they would show his face on the poster. And then as he became more of a sex symbol, they would show his full body and he'd be, you know, posing, smiling, sometimes shirtless. And then as he started doing these more dramatic roles, every poster, he's never looking forward. He's always looking off the side or staring into the distance. And you can see that in all of his, you know, during his McConaughey's, all these new, really good dramatic roles he's taken, he's just, he's looking somewhere else. If you get a chance, look it up. It's really look that up, I'm yeah. Dis People magazine. Obviously, they do what they do. They sell millions and millions of magazines. My mom, you know, I basically grew up flipping through the People magazines myself. <laughs> I know about that. So. Oh, I can, I could just. What's well? Okay, there's all kinds of funny about that, but I could just picture you doing that. Uh, you know, trading baseball cards and looking at People magazine. But that's that's I, I have to say I again and this is probably better that you were doing it in the early ages. I I on occasion have been known to read a Cosmo, uh, the lady oh, that I mean, my mom is not that cool. She reads people. Oh, uh, well, it, this was after I was much older. Gossip and I think they're like not romance novels, but like in between. It wasn't like straight, you know, the nonsense romance novels. Fabio covers like really interesting, you know. Really hard-hitting fiction. Anyway, whatever. We're getting off topic. Let's go to McConaughey's career. He really gets right. his giant, giant break for in Dazed and Confused, which everyone's seen. The Richard Linklater film. Uh, There's really helped launch when Richard Linklater is getting big. With Dazed and the Confused, everybody's seen that. Matthew McConaughey, as you use the line, all right, all right, all right, line. That was really what launched him. And he gets a couple films, small parts off of that, but. What really, really sets him into his own and makes him that next big actor was what you're talking about, Time to Kill, John Grisham novel. This oh, was yeah. during the 90s when it did just every year and a half or so, a John Grisham novel was turned into a movie and it was a big hit. Like, people just couldn't wait. And you had uh, The Client, even The Pelican Brief did okay. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Everyone the Rainmaker. I like The Rainmaker almost as much as I like A Time to Kill. Or yeah, yeah, time to kill. No, that's not. You can't compare those. I don't. I well, I don't know. I kind of liked it. Well, I like. He's the story. got these films coming out. He's in Amistad, Steven Spielberg's. Uh, Give us a three. Uh, he has the Newton Boys, which is kind of a that's, popcorn summer. I don't know if it was a summer blockbuster, but you had a an ensemble cast. He led. Oh yeah. They're like new faces. Oh yeah, Skeet Ulrich, uh, 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 Dwight Yoakam's in that one. That's actually one of my favorite Matthew. You didn't really sell the film very well when you. Hey, I like I like Dwight. He's a pretty good actor. I like Dwight Yoakam myself as like a a secondary tertiary character. I'll definitely that. He's not going to hold up any movie, but when we're like talking about new young faces, when people throw out Dwight Yoakam. Yeah, well, okay, so he's not that, but but uh uh uh. Maybe I'll tell you what. I'll look at right now. Who is in Newton Boys? Uh, the guy from Law and Order. The the kind of the. When you say I I did not. No, Richard Linklater directed this too. The Newton Boys. Ethan Hawke. Vincent Ethan Hawke. Oh yeah, that's right. Ethan Hawke. He's the he's the brother that's kind of the crazy one. That uh, Argalies. If you are into the uh, that 
political drama, the, uh, the wife, the good wife. Well, she was also on ER. I remember that. She has aged well. She definitely has. So she has. She built, she built <laughs> her TV, a U571. I'm really not a big fan of that. But then that's right where there's a giant drop-off. Uh-huh. And he starts to do all these rom-coms. Like, here we go. The Wedding Planner. I believe that was a romantic comedy with... Jennifer Lopez. Now, right there, he does, uh, he does, you know, he does, there are a couple films like Frailty and Reign of Fire, which don't follow the whole uh, theory, but they're not really very successful. Uh, this is around 2000. So he gets his career started about 1996, I believe it was, and then he starts to become this kind of this heartthrob, and he does The Wedding Planner. How to lose a guy in ten days in two. I like that one too, though. Of the of the. Uh, <laughs> I like way too many of his movies. I think I might have the man crush that that I'm accused of having. Sahara, but anyway, isn't it horrible. It's got kind of it's like your action movie. It's more like your Middle Eastern version of. Um, it's oh, the, uh, National Treasure. Yeah, which is the American version of uh, Sahara. No, which is the American version of what the Da Vinci Code. Which oh, is all pretty like yeah. horrible in premise when you think of it. It's like, eh, you know, come on. But it's, Sahara isn't that bad, but it is. It's it's a mixture of romantic comedy and action. So they throw that in there. Uh, Funny is an awful movie about gambling, which is bet. It's. What should we talk about some of that? Failure to launch. Fool. Failed to launch. Fool's Ghoul. These are all bad films. Yeah, he does kind of throw We Are Marshall in there, which I'm just not a big fan of We Are Marshall. I think you are. I like it, yeah. You know, I don't know. But uh, that's the West Virginia. And then things start to change right there. Oh, no, actually, he's got another one, Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. This is in 2000. Oh, that was terrible. That one quite possibly is the worst one. What I love is the fact that you watch these. I didn't know. <laughs> hey, man, you know, when you got a chick that wants to watch a Matthew McConaughey, you watch the Matthew McConaughey. You shut up and you say, all right, all right, all right, and just Ghosts move on. Ghosts of Girlfriends Past, 2009, that's really the low, low point of it. Now, you can throw in a couple of, like, eh, that's interesting, like Tropic Thunder, he actually had a small part in that, which was pretty good, even though it, it, his part, he took it because Owen Wilson killed himself, or tried to kill himself, and so he filled in there. But really, his career, like, yeah, it's like, this McConaughey, dude, I think it's over. And that's 2009. His next film will not be for two more years, 2011. And that's basically, they've asked him a lot lately, saying, what did you do? How did you turn around? And his answer was, I just started saying no. I said no, I didn't want to do, like, I got stuff and said, he was all right, whatever, he just started turning down those scripts they kept giving to him. And he's told and he said, like, you know, I had enough money saved up that I could afford to say no. I didn't have to worry about well, things paid for, I can do this. And he at one point, I I do remember this, at one point he was living in an airstream trailer on the coast of I think Cal I think it was California, and he was surfing. That was he all he was doing. Playing bongos naked. I I remember that that was definitely the naked bongo period of his life. Yeah. It, so I mean, his cost of living was down. So economically, it makes good sense. He didn't spend any money on clothes, and he was living in a trailer. But <laughs> that's what I'm going to start doing. This is something you see, like they're really great artists do. You know, actors are artists, musicians are artists, and they separate themselves from the world and really just focus on art. I know it sounds really cliche. But that really is how this works. 
anyone who's ever tried to do anything creatively, which I imagine all our listeners have tried to do, it's very hard to do when you're caught up in your everyday life, or you're caught up thinking about what's going on or worrying about people. But right. you separate yourself and shut things down and start saying no more and being more critical and waiting and being patient. That's when things actually start to really blossom and be actually really unique and creative. And that's when you see 2011, he takes the role uh, uh, for the Lincoln lawyer, which isn't the greatest movie ever, but it's actually a pretty good legal drama. It's very well written. The actors are very well portrayed. And going from following ghosts of girlfriend's past with the Lincoln lawyer – that's a, quite a bit of a jump. It's a bit of a jump right there, and it's it's a really good movie. It's I you know it's not a Grisham movie, but when you watch this film, you kind of do it does harken back to a time to kill. Yep. And you get to feel that, and he does a really great job in this dramatic role of you know a lawyer struggling with the profession. It's 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 an interesting film. You've seen Lincoln Lawyer, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Any any kind of law movie, I always end up watching. It doesn't it doesn't seem to matter which one. All right, but, so the next film that's released now, we talk about films being released. It doesn't mean that they shot them in this order. But Bernie, did you see Bernie? Uh, uh d- describe the premise. I may it's have another an Richard Linklater film uh, based on a real life mortician in Texas. Who? Oh yeah, yeah, Bernie. Yeah, yeah, I did with uh Jack. Jack Black and um, Bernie, who's a mortician who murders his elderly wife. No, no, no it was his. It was it, it was his girl. Well, it was his friend. Yeah, they never. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a true story, and yeah, it's shot in a kind of a, a docudrama way where like they're talking to people, doing like they have actors doing documentary style discussions. It's really it's. It's unique, I guess, in a way. It's pretty good, and McConaughey's not in it the whole time, but when he is in it, he's really good. He's this overzealous uh, DA prosecutor. Yeah, uh, prosecutor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. District attorney. Yeah. You know, the, the, the town does not want Bernie to be prosecuted. He still goes after it. It's a pretty good film. It's definitely underrated. And then Killer Joe, which I tried to watch before, and I finally finished up watching about a month ago. Have you seen Killer Joe? No, I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen that one. Oh, no, no, I hadn't seen that one at all. These two films together, Killer Joe and The Paperboy, which I know you've seen The Paperboy, and I've seen... Oh, yeah. I watched the beginning of The Paperboy and got the premise, and I knew knew where it was going. Uh, Killer Joe Joe got an NC-17 rating. Really? It is just, I want to say desperate, and, and as dark as a film as I've seen in a long time. It is cold, it's ruthless, it's straight to the point, it's violent, it's mean, it's just dark. And you're going to watch this film and feel kind of dirty. And especially at the end because you feel like, oh, it's going to be alright, but you still feel dirty. There's a scene, I'll give one scene from the film just to give you an idea, where McConaughey is flipping out. And he's actually beating, I can't remember the name of the actress, basically beating this woman. Which you don't see in a film too often today where a man violently beats a woman. And he basically beats her, uh, you know, basically a bloody pulp. And then at that point, he then takes a chicken wing, uh, not, or a drumstick, right? Uh-huh. And puts it in the place that, now, uh, for our listeners who don't like things that are a little more graphic, now's the time to turn off. Uh, he puts the, the drumstick in place of his penis and makes her fillet him. Whoa. 
uh, and, ba and is forcing her head at times. And as she's doing that, he gives kind of a diatribe monologue. And it's like, you really believe that McConaughey is enjoying it. It, it, this, if that gives you an idea of this film, Killer Joe, where he plays a sheriff slash hitman. So, let's see if Paperboy, give me your grotesque. Uh, you know, it It actually is, he's not as, I want to say he's not as central in the Paperboy as it seems like Killer Joe is, but he's, he's definitely there, and... He he's he comes on really strong about halfway through the movie. There's a, I mean, you see it coming, but the the shit hits the fan. There's no better way to put it, and uh, it just it's it's all the way around. He's not a part of the uh, more graphic scenes uh, like he apparently is in this other movie. But you know he he's always kind of lurking. He kind of lurks in that. Uh, in the in that film and you know it's a good film all the way around zach efron does actually really well um nicole kidman when when she comes on screen i didn't think it was her I honestly i had to stop it and take a look and see and then john cusack is just his normal all right kinda, this is about mcconaughey okay yeah but anyway but yeah he he plays he plays a character who uh, is a is a reporter. He's kind of the the gumshoe part of a reporting team, and they're coming. They come to investigate a murder, uh, and he falls into the the kind of I thought he was going to kind of get typecast into that whole kind of not not quite sleazy but close to sleazy lawyer type. But this time he'd be a journalist, and it really didn't turn out that way at all. Uh, I mean, it just, it gets real, and it gets real fast. And if you want to read Mr. Lincoln's review... Yeah, it, yeah, I did write a review for that. Check out TheGenerationNation.com. One last thing I do want to say about Killer Joe, just give you the basic idea to show you. Just to set it up for you, the basic idea is he's being hired to kill a woman, and the people who are hired can't afford him. And so, a retainer, and the retainer is... Um, Possession of a teenage girl. Oh, thank you. Of how dark and twisted this film is. There's an idea. All right, so let's move on to the film. Uh, Magic Mike. I didn't see. No, didn't see that one. <laughs> I know that everyone watched. It. I, you know, maybe we started this thing saying we're comfortable enough in our sexuality to say that. <laughs> I watch Magic Mike. That's, I, I had well, I had had the opportunity, you know. I just had had the uh, I had had the. It's all on Netflix. Cute, it just keeps getting bumped down. You know how these Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, maybe maybe uh, maybe Mrs. Lincoln has watched it. She just keeps bumping it down to try to disguise the fact that she's watched it. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it also in 2012 though was probably the best film. If I want to say it, it is in my top five, and I hope that you've seen it. If you have not, you have to rush out and rent this film. It is mud. Did you see mud? No, but I, I no, I haven't. I haven't seen that one. I'm sorry. Sorry. It is hard to describe this. It is a southern tale. It is kind of dark, but also very comedic in its way. It has a Goonies feel in it but a much darker, much meaner, much more violent film. Because you have this idea that these kids on an adventure, but they come across a convict trapped, a convict hiding out from the law on an island. 
down in the southern bayou. And so it gets it, it is an awesome movie. I would recommend it to anyone. It is my top five list of 2012. Maybe my favorite film. McConaughey is absolutely awesome. He plays the character Mud. Has a great cast around him. It's a great director. It is awesome. You have to watch Mud. I'm telling you. Okay, I will. I, is it on? Uh, is it on the Netflix? I do not know if it's on Netflix. I got it from I believe the Red Box when it came out. I know uh, this right stream. If it's not on Netflix, then you get on Amazon Instant Video. You can get it some. Okay. Highly recommend. It. It's worth whatever you pay for it. Great film. All right. So then that jumps us up to 2013, where Makana is hitting full, full, uh, you know, full swing. Pedal to the metal. We will full bongo playing nudeness. Yeah. Speaking of bongo playing, we'll talk about the Wolf on Wall Street. You've seen the Wolf on Wall Street? I haven't yet. No. My goodness, come on. I, I'm kind of – I've got a couple of side things I'm doing, and I'm, I'm kind of out of the, the pop culture loop right now. A couple of side things I'm doing. Yeah, I've always got a couple of side things He's going on. For a long time, but the scenes that he is in it are absolutely amazing. He pretty much sets a tone for the film. You know, when you're in a scene with he and Leonardo DiCaprio and you steal the scene easily – that says a lot. Yeah. And he's in two scenes with Leo DiCaprio. I say that like I know the guy. Yeah. And oh, Leo. He's kind of close. All eyes are on McConaughey. And he does this really like this the chest beat thing, which I'm sure you've seen now, which is like his own ritual to get himself psyched, psyched up for a scene. It's great. It's awesome. But the real movie over the last year was the Dallas or Dallas Buyers Club. You probably didn't see that one. Either. I haven't seen it, but I know the story because I've I, I knew I knew how much you liked it, and so I kind of came home and looked around at it. I hadn't had a chance really to watch it, but uh, I, I know the premise of it, and I know he's really really good in it, and and I know the story is just kind of bizarre and crazy the whole time. You know, it's on screen. I love the idea of thing. Well, I love historically accurate films. I love you know things that are based on true stories and really try to not like base you know some of the films like based on events. This is them really telling the story of Ron Woodruff, and he's been trying forever to get this film made. Uh, McConaughey lost something like sixty pounds to do it, and you can tell him immediately this guy looks. Awful. And same with Jared Leto, who's also in it, did a great job. The both should win. I mean, really just when you talk about people throwing themselves into art, doing everything they can. And we don't see that a lot anymore in music because musicians are just pieces of shit. <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. Really, they know exactly what they have to do to get away with selling a couple records. You don't have artists who basically ruin their lives, their families, their bodies. Like, you don't have Kurt Cobain's. You don't have uh, Brian, uh, who I want, I don't know, Brian Wilson's. You don't have, or even, uh, what's the Beach Boys, what's his name, Wilson. You don't have these guys who just ruin everything around them to make art. Right. We do have that in, in painting, but that stuff's been pushed to the side so much with modern pop culture. So when you do see someone who's willing to starve his body, someone who's willing to not take roles and also take controversial roles that have to do with AIDS and homosexuality, 
It, it's pretty amazing. He does an incredible job in this film. You have to see this one too. I mean, it, you know, it's not. It, it'll make you feel better at times, but it is obviously going to end darkly and sadly. Just great job once again. And then last, which I hope you've been watching, but I don't think you have HBO. Do you have HBO? No. Uh. Uh-uh. So you were completely missing out on the McConaughey. <laughs> I, I, you know, but I, I, I celebrate so much of the new, the old, that I just have a hard time getting into the new sometimes. Right, so what you're gonna have to do is find yourself someone with an HBO account, <laughs> get them to sign up. Now I'm not joking around because the actually HBO CEO was asked about people sharing their HBO Go accounts, and he said, "I bet he loves it. I bet he loves it." No, he does. He thinks it's great because. The more people share, the more people find out about the shows, and more likely eventually they're going to sign up for HBO. They're going to introduce new people and more people to the shows. Right. Say, I don't have a problem with that, which yeah. is actually awesome that a lot of these companies are coming to the light of, hey, this is a great idea. But then again, if you think about it, HBO doesn't make any money on HBO.com. HBO doesn't – like they don't make money off of the number of subscribers they have. They get all their money from Time Warner, from DirecTV, from, from those companies. And so if more people want HBO, then it's not pressure on HBO. It's pressure on the cable companies. The cable companies pay. Anyway, that's an economics lesson. All right. I was going to say, hey, now, this is McConaissance here. True Detective. You have to watch it. This True Detective. I, I, know you've, I know you've talked about it, and I really want to get into it. I just haven't had a chance to yet. McConaughey is it is unbelievable. He steals every scene. Well, he doesn't steal them because they're handed to him. His character is absolutely amazing. The story is great. It's another like it's kind of like a, a an American Gothic Southern noir tale of detectives trying to figure out a serial killer. And meanwhile. McConaughey is a, a drug addict who's dealt with problems being undercover, but also has lost a child. I know a lot of the cliches here, but he fills the role perfectly. Um, like some of his lines in the film are just in, are just brilliant. His views on religion, his views on drugs. It, it's just a film. I, you feel you, yourself you know, taking on the character, don't you, D, uh, Mr. Lincoln? No, I one could if you took on this character, it would be uh, very sad. It's very fun to watch him play the role, but you realize, like, man, that is like the things he says. It's 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 pretty awesome. It's unbelievable. You gotta get it. You gotta get some HBO Go or uh, or wait for somebody that does. You can check out the DVD. That's not a problem. This is something that I think, though, if you wait, and that's quite all right, you're going to find yourselves renting the series in one day. Okay. And you're going to plow through it and be like, oh, my goodness. Because Woody Harrelson's great. The supporting actors are great. The story just moves and moves and moves. It's, I'm telling you, if you can get a chance, jump on that. And then to finish it off, he has his next film coming out, which is in post-production, which he's already filmed, is Interstellar by none other than Christopher Nolan, who you know wrote and directed Inception, the Batman films. Uh, Ooh. Uh, this sounds good. Do, uh, Mephisto, <laughs> um, 
what was the magician film that was really good? Uh, oh, uh, the, uh, uh, the, uh, Okay, shoot. you said us too many times for a podcast. Uh, oh. Well, the prim- It'll come to prim- It'll come The what? Would, I wish you would talk for a second, and I would tell you this. It was, a. Uh, the, the, the for a second, I will get it. Has, uh, it has Ethan, not it. Well, there was two. There it's were two magicians. Bale's Hugh Jackman. It's Michael Caine. David Bowie has a small part in it. Scarlett Johansson's also in it. Ricky Jay is also in it. See, that was the part where I wanted you to talk so that I could give you the name. I know I've seen it, and I, and I'm getting it mixed up with the one that came out. There were two magician movies that came out right close together, and I'm. That's uh, correct. I remember when you when that happened. And so, yeah, I've. I've that would be a good podcast in the future is like when you see two films come out that are virtually the same or you see a TV show and a well, they were virtually the same. They both dealt with the prestige. The prestige. prestige. That's what it was. Also, I knew it started with a P. I couldn't come. I just couldn't come up with it. The prestige. He also had the last one or uh, insomnia, which is, it was halfway decent. But either way, pretty good. Anyway, there, there's the McConaughey's for you. Doesn't happen. All right, all right. But it did happen. There was another actor recently who's kind of had a bit of a reconnaissance. A well, re- ben Affleck is kind of. Well, uh, what I want to say, yeah, Ben Affleck with, but his has been different. His was more of a director role because yeah, his comeback came from him staying away once again, like McConaughey. But he did it with Gone Baby Gone as a director. Yeah. And yeah. And when you're like, wow, this guy really can direct, and then he. Town, which he directed, and had a yeah, that was really good. And that was really good movie. with Argo. Yeah, but he had he kind of followed the same pattern, but his his entry instead of waiting for a good acting role, which he probably wasn't going to get, right? He, you know, said, "All right, I'm going to do it on my own." Right, and I think he's got. I, I know Ben Affleck's got a movie coming out uh, about. I don't know the premise. I've just kind of seen it in passing at the gym. It's it's the idea that his wife's been uh, is missing, and he's Love the that drops. I'm going to the gym, ladies, podcast listeners. If you're checking us out, Mr. Lincoln, going to the gym. I mean, yeah, man. I've been I've been going to the YMCA. I know that seems silly, oh, but anyway. All right, well then, never mind. Dudes, <laughs> check out the podcast. Just yeah, go to the YMCA. Yeah, but anyway, no, no, I saw that. I, I saw that on somewhere. But he's doing it's it's it looked really good. It kind of looked like where I do have to say with with him. I do want to make sure you, that people listening know notice that uh, you talk uh, positively about McConaughey. You just said that Ben Affleck looked good and that you've been going to the YMCA. <laughs> no, 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 no. But he, uh, he. Uh, it looked like it was one of those deals where it was, he kind of took the center of the stage, but he he was doing what he could to deflect uh, off onto his co-stars. And I, I don't know if he directed this actor. new actor. He Do just, what? He's never been a bad actor. He just he took bad roles there for a couple of years. No. We got this one up. We went. Oh, yeah. Not long, but whatever. Anyway, thanks for joining us for the History Podcast. Blogspot.com. Numero... 35-0. Check us out on Facebook too. It's on Facebook. Uh, we, we got it on. The, we're on Facebook. iTunes and Stitcher. And Twitter. All right. See you guys.